Welcome to part six of the mind-body connection. So this episode is the final one of this series and I've kept, I would say, what is in my opinion the most important one till last and today we're talking about the vagus nerve. You're listening to the Nerd Yogi podcast sharing natural ways to boost your well-being with a sprinkle of mystic and the big coating of science. And I'm your host, Virginie Ferguson, founder and yoga teacher at clanyogis.com. Also mother of two, science nerd and positivity advocate. I help people who always thought they could never do yoga level up on their health and well-being using yogic tools backed by science. So you may have heard about the vagus nerve. It starts to get into kind of common awareness. Uh, people are starting to hear about it, but maybe you don't know that much or you're wondering what it is and why it is so important. So let's start with introducing your nervous system. So your nervous system is split into two parts. You have your central nervous system, which is made of your brain, your spinal cord and the eyes. And you've got the peripheral nervous system, which is the rest of your body. This peripheral nervous system is then further split into two branches. One that is called the somatic nervous system, which to make things easy is the one that you can control. So for example, uh, deciding to pick up an object and controlling the muscles in your arm, that is controlled by your somatic nervous system. And then you have the autonomous nervous system. So as the name suggests, autonomous is automatic. It's, you can liken it to your autopilot. So these are things that are just that you're not aware of, that are not consciously controlled, such as your heart beating, your breathing, the release of hormones, etc. You don't need to think about it, it's all done for you. And this autonomous nervous system is then again further split into three parts, but we're going to focus on two today. So the first one is the enteric nervous system, which is all controlling your digestive system, but let's just spark that. Then you have the sympathetic nervous system. So this part is all about accelerating things in your body. So if you think about the car, this would be your accelerator. So this is what's going to help release adrenaline, for example, in your body to then accelerate the heart rate, accelerate your breathing. And then to keep everything in balance, which is what your body does all the time, try to keep what we call homeostasis, which means balance or equilibrium. You need the brake to slow the car down. So you have then the parasympathetic nervous system slowing things down, slowing your heart rate, slowing your breathing, and just enabling the body to rest. But before I carry on and let you know all about your vagus nerve and where it sits within all this, let's cover the stress response. 
So in our general language, we talk about stress as being something that we feel, that we feel stressed, we've got too much to do, etc. But in biological terms, the stress response is basically a safety mechanism. So it was inbuilt in us to protect us, to make sure that we stay safe and that we stay alive. In your brain, you have got structures that are there to determine if something is a danger or a threat. One of which is the amygdala, which is sometimes called part of the reptilian or the primitive brain. So this part of your brain just constantly receives feedback from your five senses about your environment and just scans this automatically and compare it with memories and things that happened to you in the past to determine if it is a danger or a threat. Once a stimuli is perceived as being a danger or a threat, then the structure initiates the stress response. It triggers the sympathetic nervous system, so the accelerator. So then you've got a release of adrenaline and cortisol to accelerate the heart rate, breathing. It diverts blood away from your organs to your limbs, so you're able to fight or to flee. And your immune system gets a boost, and especially around the throat, which is where you would typically get attacked by animals. Then to bring everything back into balance, once the danger, the threat is path, the break comes on, so your parasympathetic slows the heart rate, your breathing puts your body into the rest and digest so it can rebuild itself. It is some healing happening. And what's important here is to note that the vagus nerve alone represents 80% of that parasympathetic nervous system. 80% of that break is driven by the vagus nerve. So a little bit more about the anatomy and the biology of the vagus nerve. So the vagus nerve is the 10th cranial nerve. And it's the only one that actually leaves the head out of all the cranial nerve. And this is why it's called vagus, because vagus in Latin means wandering. It goes and leaves the brain to go and wander all the way through the body, pretty much, of very important organs. It's got close link to the facial nerves. It shares some um, nuclei, stems, from the brain. And it links to all major organs, including the ear, the voice box, your heart, lungs, digestive organs, sexual organs, the bladder, the rectum, etc. It produces acetylcholine, which is a neurotransmitter, which is quite important to know because this neurotransmitter helps to calm inflammation in the body. There are an average of 100,000 parasympathetic nerve fiber coming from the vagus nerve alone. It is both efferent and afferent, which means efferent is a brain-body connection and afferent, which means body-brain feedback. And I'm going to note here that 80% of this is sensory. So 80% of the communication that comes through the vagus nerve is body-brain. 
it's got thousands and thousands of nerve endings that end up in the gut. So when we talk about a gut feeling, you can liken this to the feedback from your vagus nerve into your brain. Because those nerve endings are sensory, again, 80% of it is telling your body is telling your brain something from what it picks up. And another important point is that there are two main branches of the vagus nerve. You have got the ventral branch, which goes in the left and right, and you have the dorsal branch, which also goes left and right. And these are asymmetrical. They don't go down the body the same way. So why am I talking about those two branches? It is important because a great man called Dr. Stephen Porges has come up with something called the polyvagal theory, which you may have heard of. The two branches of the vagus nerve, as I said, are the dorsal and the ventral. The dorsal branch of the vagus nerve innervates the trachea, so the throat, the lungs, the stomach, and intestines, pancreas, and the colon. The ventral branch innervates the heart, the pharynx and larynx, so your voice box, and the esophagus also, so the tube that links your mouth to your stomach. And why am I mentioning this? So it's important because in the way that your body reacts to threats. Dr. Podges came up with what's called the polyvagal ladder. And it really helps us understanding what happens in our body when we react to things that are stressful to us or when we feel fearful. And it helps us understand our emotions and behaviors. So when we feel safe, Dr. Porges says that the ventral vagal part of the vagus nerve is stimulated. We feel connected, we feel safe, we're open to the environment, we're social, we're relaxed, we're compassionate. And I will go a little bit more into that later as well. When your amygdala then detects a threat, perceives it as a threat or danger, as I said, your accelerator gets engaged. And this is where we find ourselves into the fight or flight state. You may have heard of this. And this is when we may feel emotions such as rage, anger, frustration, fear, anxiety, panic. All these things get accelerated in your body. Your heart rate raises, you breathe quicker. You're not quite able to think straight because what happens in your brain and also is when the amygdala gets triggered and the sympathetic nervous system gets triggered. The prefrontal cortex of your brain, so the analytical, the thinking part, the forward planning part of your brain comes offline as inhibited. So you can't think straight anymore. And if you keep getting triggered or the arousal just keep going up and up and up, you then go into the dorsal vagal, which is the freeze response, which was back when animals first appeared on the planet. The dorsal branch was the only one that existed. It's very primitive. It's really designed to put you into survival mode. So you go into shutdown, conservation mode, uh, you'll empty your bowels, 
And that can also lead to feelings such as feeling trapped and hopeless. You can feel numbness, dissociation from your body, lethargy, depression. So this is where you go so much into the vagal break that you cannot move anymore. You cannot defend yourself. You're going into that survival mode, playing dead. Over the years, Dr. Porges has led many studies and wrote many white papers and articles. One is called Emotion Regulation, Vagal Tone and the Physiological Regulation of Emotion. And this model is integrating information regarding brain function with regulation of the peripheral nervous system. So out with your brain, your eyes and your spinal cord. It notes that the peripheral nervous system is asymmetrical, as I was telling you. The vagus nerve is asymmetrical. Even though there is a left and right branches, they are not symmetrical. Simply also because your organs are not symmetrical in your body. Even when you have two, like the lungs or the kidneys, one lung is bigger, the other one is smaller, one kidney higher up, the other one is lower. And the regulation of the autonomous nervous system, so your autopilot, is also asymmetrical in the brain. So there are structures in the right hemisphere that exhibits greater control of the physiological responses associated with emotion. The right branch of the ventral branch of the vagus nerve, for example, controls the larynx or your voice box and the pacemaker of the heart, which means we can control intonation. So when your vagus nerve is stimulated the ventral branch and you're feeling safe and social, it gives your voice a soothing intonation. And similarly, if you are feeling triggered and your sympathetic nervous system comes on, so the accelerator, the vagal brain is inhibited, this is when you're going to get a higher pitch in the tone of your voice. And obviously, the brake, so the vagus nerve, ventral branch, once it's stimulated, stimulates in the hearts and allow it to slow down. It's also been shown that the amygdala, so again, your detection threat center, let's call it, influences the voice box and the heart responses to emotions. So remember, your amygdala is here to detect if it's a threat and that directly affects emotion and responses from the voice box and the heart. Other studies and things that have been um, noticed over the years for people who have had accidents, for example, and damage to the right hemisphere of the brain, it shows that it blunts facial expression, vocal intonation. So taking control of the vagus nerve or toning the vagus nerve as it's sometimes called can really help with controlling our emotions and regulate and self-regulate ourselves to put us into that, again, safe and social. So away from the, the defensive system. Stimulating the vagus nerve allows us to disengage that defensiveness, so that fight or off-flight, while promoting a good physiological state. So you're able to soothe. You're able to put your body into 
are rebuilding, healing, soothing, digesting, absorbing all the nutrient. This is why when we feel safe, when the vagus nerve, the ventral branch of the vagus nerve is toned, our body is in a state where it can promote growth and restoration. The heart slows down. And remember earlier, I said to you that the vagus nerve has got very close link with the cranial nerve. And the ventral branch is integrated with the stem stem controlling the muscles of the face and the head. And this connection is sometimes called the face-heart connection. As your heart is connected to the ventral branch of the vagus nerve, and so are the facial muscles. And not only that, also the inner ear muscles. So we are able to signal safety to others. So picture this. You're in an environment where you're feeling calm and relaxed. Your ventral branch of your vagus nerve is then on, is stimulated. And sharing those, that stimulation with the facial nerves. What happened then is your patterns of facial expression, your vocal intonation, which is quite soothing, is then signaling safety to others. So this is why we also call it safe and social, because we are social. We are demonstrating that we are safe, that we are communicating, that we can be approached and talk to. So these are also called the social engagement systems. So those cranial nerve control eyelid openings. So if you're startled, your eyes open wide. If you're feeling safe, your eyes are quite relaxed. Maybe be, don't blink as much. Your face is relaxed. Your middle ear muscles are toned so you can better hear human voice. So see if you were in an environment where it's very, very busy, but you're feeling yourself very safe, your ears are tuned to picking up human voices even better. It stimulates the muscles, as I said, in the voice box, and it enables it to go into frequency that is soothing. And it also controls the head-turning muscles, so gesture, being open, being able to look around you and make connection with others. That is all connected to the vagus nerve or the ventral branch of the vagus nerve. So next you're going to think, right, okay, this is brilliant, but how can I stimulate my ventral branch of the vagus nerve if I want to get even more of these lovely feeling of calmness and being open and social to others? Well, there is a very simple technique that we can do together right now that will stimulate your vagus nerve. So it's been shown that when we breathe and especially on the exhale, we are stimulating our vagus nerve. So how do we stimulate the vagus nerve more when we breathe? By elongating the exhale. So as we take control of that breath, we can breathing in deep through the nose, maybe to the count of four, and then breathe out much longer, as much as we can. We sometimes call this rectangle breathing. So if you picture a rectangle in your head and you start at the bottom left corner, 
You breathe in as you go up along the left side. And then you breathe out as you go along the top. You breathe in as you come back down along the right hand side. And breathe out as you go along the bottom. If you struggle a little bit like me with inhaling as you go down, you know, a little bit like when you try to tap your head with one hand and then rub your belly (laughs) with the other hand, you can also picture like a staircase, for example. So if you're picturing a staircase on the side, you breathe in as you go up and you breathe out as you go along the step and then you breathe in as you go up the next step and you breathe out as you go along the second step. So that's something that you can do. Let's try it now. If you're with me and you're able to do this, you can close your eyes if you want, or you can keep them open and try to visualize that rectangle in your head or the staircase. Take a couple of natural breaths. Maybe slow the breath down just to start to get that control, that connection to the breath. Then take a deep breath in, maybe to the count of three or four if you can. And breathe out very slowly through the nose to the count of five, six, seven, or maybe even eight. Don't strain yourself though, don't create more stress because you're struggling with that exhale. Just go with what feels comfortable to you. Breathing in deep. Slow and long exhale. Let's keep going here for a few rounds. And what's amazing here is only a few breaths like this can really make a difference and interrupt the stress pattern, the stress response, and put you into that safe and social zone. The effect is almost instant. So a few breaths like this, you can maybe go for a round of 10 or 15 if you're feeling really triggered. That is all you need to do. I hope you've enjoyed this episode and you found it informative and that I didn't provide you too much with all of these big terms. But if you're going to remember just a few things from this episode is that your vagus nerve is a very important pathway to link the way you feel, think, behave and react It is the break. It helps to calm you down, to put you into the rest and digest phase so your whole body can work better. Your brain can think clearly. There are two branches, the one that keeps you into that safe and social zone and the one that puts you into survival mode. And to simply stay or bring yourself back into that safe and social zone You just need to do that simple breathing exercise that we've just practiced. This episode was sponsored by Yoga Legs. Yoga Legs is a small UK-based company run by two mums who make astounding leggings as well as harem pants and tops. I have over 10 pairs so I know what I'm talking about. And as a listener of the Nerd Yogi podcast, you get 20% off your order online. 
To get your discount code, go to clanyogis.com slash yoga legs. Yoga and double G for legs. This was the Nerd Yogi podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, make sure to subscribe, leave a review or comment on your favorite platform. And if you would like to start your yoga journey today, head over to clanyogis.com and sign up to my free 30-day membership where you can get access to my free day yoga for stress relief program and over 15 yoga classes. Thanks so much for listening and I'll be back in two weeks with a new episode. Namaste.